Thank you, Graham. Well, good afternoon and Happy New Year. I'll get the chance to say it again. And I uh, hope you've all had a good uh, couple of days after, after New Year. My name's Ian. I'm one of the elders here at the church. And uh, it's, uh, it's at this point in the year when it's uh, traditional for us to speak a little bit about, like what Ben was saying there, a bit about the year coming up and thinking a bit more about what the tone will be for us in the year ahead. And so, like uh, many people, you may have been, as is traditional, making New Year's resolutions. Anyone make New Year's resolutions? Um, things to be done better. The, uh, according to the internet this year, the usual suspects are very popular. Um, fitness, losing weight, uh, learning a new skill or a new hobby, uh, saving money, stopping smoking, all of, the, all of the usual suspects. And in a few weeks' time, of course, it will also be traditional for us to be uh, then breaking those and uh, slowly forgetting about them uh, as they slip away under the pressures of life and the uh, storms of the world. And it is also traditional, of course, for pastors at this time of year to remind you of these two things. The fact that we are making resolutions and the fact that we will be breaking resolutions fairly soon. Uh, in, in just a few seconds browsing, I came across literally hundreds of organisations and publications making suggestions for what our resolutions should be for 2022. Uh, the Leaders Institute uh, <coughs> Country Living Magazine, of course, Pinterest was full of uh, suggestions. Uh, all very similar, though, in content. Basically, try harder to do better. Uh, all very similar in approach. So I want to suggest to you uh, a different approach. A different approach for a New Year's resolution. And to suggest one to you. And in fact, it's on the screen. There. We need to do something different. We need to do something where we can rely on something or someone more powerful than we are. If it's going to last. Because circumstances will be raging around us in 2022 as they did in 2021. So we're going to think about the passage that Graham read for us. And we're really going to focus on verse 27. And, and, and verse 27 is something that we want to be thinking about all year in one way. We did this, this last year with a verse from Colossians. Uh, we're, thinking, we're going to be thinking about verse 27 this year. We've got a slightly large piece of paper to put on your, your fridge freezer uh, this year to stick on there, which will remind you of it. Pick one of those up at the end. Um, this is a New Year's resolution for 2022 for us. That we should not let our hearts be troubled. Obviously Jesus has, has said that first, so let's avoid any accusations of plagiarism. That is not my idea. Jesus has said that. 
But we're going to think about it very briefly today, or fairly briefly today, in four headings. We're going to think about it as an unwise reliance, an expensive legacy, an unexpected person, and an earnest plea. An unwise reliance, an expensive legacy, an unexpected person, and an earnest plea. So first of all then, think about it, think, let's think about an unwise reliance. Let me just read verse 27 for us again. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is talking about peace there and, and who doesn't want peace, right? And we, we have peace in our hearts from time to time. It would be wrong to say that we, we, we never have peace uh, at any point in our lives. Uh, I think it's something that we greatly desire. Something that we uh, think about. Something we, we search for quite a lot, consciously or unconsciously. Uh, many of the New Year's resolutions that we might make are one way or another coming about because of our anxieties the troubles that, that, that we face. So we might say we want to save more money, save money for a rainy day because of, in case of financial hardships, we're concerned about that in our lives. Uh, we're concerned about our health, and so we say we, we will exercise more or perhaps lose weight. Um, perhaps we're feeling threatened, so we set up security systems in our houses. We, we're worried about our health, and so we rely on the skills of medical staff we want to we're worried about how the future may go out so we set up insurance schemes we consult experts we rely on emergency services we even perhaps rely on ministers of religion we look to parents to give us security we look to our children to give us meaning we look to our spouses we we work hard to reduce our anxieties. We work hard at pursuing our desires, many of them good things that are pleasing to God and yet we chase after them and they don't seem to give us a lasting peace, a lasting satisfaction. We want more and more and more of them instead of accepting them as the good gift that, that they are. And, and they're good things and all these things are, are good things. None of them are bad things in their own right. Staking, taking steps to avoid problems, that's a good thing, right? Something we should do. However, it is unwise to rely on these things for peace. At the end of the day, they are limited. Some of them are temporary or perhaps some of them will not uh, fulfill that need for peace. They can be taken away. Insurance policies fail. Experts are sometimes wrong. Our family members may leave us and certainly at some point they will die. Some of you know that Denise and I have a, a caravan and we've had some lovely peaceful holidays in that. Over the last year when it would have been really good to get away and be peaceful in it, it has been leaking. It's been leaking uh, quite badly and we have not been able to use it. And I felt angry about that, honestly. Partly angry at the people who haven't fixed it, who I cannot name for legal reasons at this point. 
but but partly because because I, there I had a sense of peace. I, I, I enjoyed being there, and so I felt angry that 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 peace has been lost. That opportunity for peace, however temporary, had been lost. So the world does give us peace, but as Jesus says there, it doesn't give us peace like He gives us peace. It doesn't give us peace in the same way. The peace the world gives us is not a complete peace. It is not a lasting peace in our hearts. The world will even, the world will even try and give us peace with, with God on its own terms. Assure us that we, we are essentially a good person. It will tell us that the things that we think, that, we, that God says are wrong are okay or even right. The world will distract us and, and fill our time with, with busyness and things that we consider to be uh, very important. And, and they are important on one level. But they, the busyness means we don't stop and consider our relationship with God. It will try and fool us into a sense of peace with God. And so the world does give us peace temporarily but not like Jesus does. So how does Jesus do it? Our, our second point, an expensive legacy. An expensive legacy. Jesus says, my uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. It's clearly something very different. Jesus' way is different to the world's way of giving peace. But you can't give somebody something that you don't have. Right? I mean, that is impossible. That is, that is illogical. You can't give someone a gift if you don't have the gift to give them. It's only logical that the peace that Jesus is going to give us is a peace that he already has himself. Jesus is totally secure in his relationship with God the Father. He has his Father's total love an approval, you, remain, you may remember from Matthew 17 when we were looking in those, in those passages, God saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. His relationship with God the Father and, and the Holy Spirit is, is perfect. It is complete. It is lacking in nothing. It, is, it, is, it has no sense of conflict. We also used to have that kind of peace. We also used to have that kind of peace with God. When, uh, when the world was created, before sin had entered the world, we enjoyed that same sense of peace. And we threw it away. We threw it away in the Garden of Eden. We became enemies of God. The most precious relationship we had was so terribly damaged. We chose to, we continue to choose, to become enemies of God. Trying to take his place and put ourselves in charge. But out of his staggering love for us, Jesus chose to come into that sinful creation and earn a peace for us all over again. A peace that he could pass on to us he received the affirmation the total approval of God the father as he lived a life without sin as he followed that path 
that that God had laid out for him and died with the full anger of against our sin being poured out upon him for the sake of all those who are going to believe in him by believing in Jesus by following him Christians can be saved and uh, and earn something called salvation forgiveness for our sins Jesus in that process heals the relationship between God and us and that is confirmed when Jesus is risen from the dead to the glory of God and Jesus himself becomes our peace the Bible describes him as the prince of peace not a not an absence of conflict but a flourishing a rich and full existence and relationship with God it is it is robust it stands the storms of life it does not leak like our caravan it is deep it is active it is personal and it only comes to us from him because having earned this peace this expensive peace having paid such a enormous staggering cost then Jesus gives it as a gift he gives it as a free gift to his people he gives it as a legacy to his people he could have done that by staying on earth and being uh, peace incarnate amongst us being the prince of peace however his role was to ascend into heaven. And Jesus himself says, just over in John chapter 16, if you turn over a couple of pages, that is to our advantage that he has left us because uh, he sends a helper like himself. That is a, a better way. And that is the Holy Spirit who is sent. When someone famous dies, people, pe- people sometimes talk about their legacy. How will their legacy live on? Uh, perhaps uh, an artist will be asked, well, how, how do you hope your legacy will live on? And they may say, in my work, in my art. Perhaps an author will, t- will be described as uh, how their legacy has been preserved in books. Sometimes people may may uh, try to pass on their legacy to their children, perhaps heirlooms of the house that they've passed on. Jesus has a much better way. Jesus has a much better way. God the Father sends the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to live inside his followers, like Ruth was praying a moment ago. The Holy Spirit who has the same nature of Jesus, the same nature as God the Father, and yet who works differently, comes and lives in us to preserve and nurture this legacy of peace that Jesus has given us. He's the one who brings us that expensive legacy as a gift. So thirdly, let's think about an unexpected person. That's uh, the Holy Spirit, 
I want to suggest to you that they are an unexpected person because when someone becomes a Christian, I don't know how often we talk about the Holy Spirit will come and live in you. We might we might mention it sometimes more than others, I guess, but we, we talk about being forgiven. We talk about the sense of joy that we will experience as Christians, uh, the happiness, the, the feeling of being connected in with God's people, uh, thankfulness. We talk about a lot of things, a, a lot of emotions, a lot of virtues that may come about. But I, I don't know how much we, we talk about these affections, these virtues developing us, coming from the Holy Spirit. Um, we're still sinners. Right? It is the Holy Spirit that has come, that has uh, changed us. This person, because the Holy Spirit is a person, comes literally into our hearts on behalf of Jesus. If we look that back there, back into verse uh, 16 in the passage. Uh, Jesus talking, I will ask the Father, he will give you another, you may say, a helper, comforter, advocate, counsellor. You, your Bible may have diff these different words. To help you and be with you forever. Also in verse 26. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a regenerator. He replaces our heart of stone with a heart of flesh. He brings us the gift of faith in God, brings us uh, faith in uh, Jesus, in what he's done, faith in the Bible. The Holy Spirit comes as a, a sanctifier. Having been declared righteous by God, the Holy Spirit sets about transforming us to be more like Jesus a little bit day by day. More of the person that God wants us to be, primarily using the Bible, but also using our circumstances, the, the, our brothers and sisters in Christ around us. In, in that role, uh, the Holy Spirit acts as a, an illuminator. The Holy Spirit has inspired the, word, the writers of the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, to write what they did perfectly capturing everything that God wanted to be recorded uh, here. But then he's residing in us as we read the Bible. What a, what a perfect combination. He, he's, he's written it and he's helping us read it. Uh, of course that matches up together perfectly he's provided the content and now he provides for us understanding of its significance and its importance jesus calls the holy spirit the 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 spirit of truth back there in verse 17 the spirit of truth so the bible is full of truth because it's written by the spirit of truth the holy spirit it can't lie so it's full of truth for us and and you you many of you have experienced this i'm sure you're reading the bible and bing the light bulb goes off as you see something perhaps for the first time that's the holy spirit that's the holy spirit in you without him this is a great piece of literature but that's that's all it is he 
even more than that, the Holy Spirit comes to us as an anointer. You may remember the, the sermon series we did over the summer from the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians. Nine virtues, characteristics that the Holy Spirit brings to Christians when they believe. You may remember Paul talking about peace. The peace that the Holy Spirit brings and the difference that that makes in our lives as, as Christians. But the Holy Spirit, as well as bringing the fruit of the Spirit, also, also brings uh, specific gifts for Christians. Gifts to be used by us to build up the local church, to build up REC, if you're here. Everyone has at least one. They're used for, for our uh, encouragement. And the Holy Spirit comes to us as our comforter. Our comforter. The language there is not so much, oh, there, there, never mind. I'm sorry. Not comfort like that. Not, not comfort like a big fluffy blanket. It's someone who is going to be with us as we go through the tough stuff. Someone who's with us side by side, advising, guiding, encouraging, supporting. That, that is, is comfort. That is comforting. In our, in, the, in our English language over the last century, so the, the word has slightly changed in meaning. So we've just lost a bit of nuance there. The Holy Spirit comforts us because he's going to guide us in prayer. As God himself is... As, as the Holy Spirit is God himself, he's perfectly placed to interpret what we're feeling, how we want to pray things and the, the, the words that we can't get out. You know those prayers that you want to pray and you just don't know what you want to pray? You, don't know, you know you want to pray, but you don't know how to pray? The Holy Spirit does, and he's going to communicate that to Jesus, who's standing at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, as it says in Romans 8.34. Pleading on our behalf. This comfort, this guidance, this advice. He's going to be reminding us of everything that Jesus is. Again, Jesus says that in this, in this passage. He's going to remind us. Remind us of everything that Jesus has done. Remind us of everything that Jesus is. Of his great love for us, of his desire to reconcile us to God, his instructions, his commands, his compassion, of the peace that he has earned for us and of the peace that he has left for us as a legacy. Whatever is happening, whether it's in the world, whether it's locally in Rotherham, whether it's in our lives, God is not only on our side, but he is literally with us because he is if you're here and you're a Christian, he is with us because he's in us every moment. The Holy Spirit has brought to us the peace that Jesus earned. Well, it doesn't always seem that way, does it? It does not always seem that way. It often doesn't seem that way. So finally then our, our fourth point, an earnest plea. Back in verse 27, Jesus makes this earnest plea to his followers. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
actually says at the the beginning of, of chapter 14 as well do not let your hearts be troubled can you hear him when he says that can you hear his love for you his compassion for you do not let your heart be troubled How do you feel when you see a dearly beloved family member burdened with anxiety or trouble or fear? Jesus feels the same way. He does not want us to be troubled. And too often, we can't do anything for our troubled family member, perhaps, but Jesus has way more resources than we do. He has earned for us this peace. He's left it with us as his legacy. He has sent the Holy Spirit in his name showing us the truth and the sufficiency of the Bible. He has brought spiritual gifts. We have spiritual fruits to bolster us. We have the Holy Spirit as our comforter to help us when we pray. He's given us everything that we need to have his peace and not to be troubled or afraid. And yet I am. I am. I often am. Too often I have anxiety about everything, really. I sometimes wonder if it's a thing about getting older. I don't know. It seems maybe I worry more as I get older. I often just feel like a a rubbish Christian because of that. And folks, that's terrible theology. Uh, Jesus says to you, Christian, and to me, do not let, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's not just there, there, it will be okay. And I think that when I feel anxious and troubled, one of two things has happened. One possibility is when I believe that my troubles and anxieties are bigger than they are. Perhaps I've let my natural pessimism get out of hand. Perhaps I've watched the same bad news article 17 times on the internet and it's time to get to me. Perhaps something new and totally unknown and out of my experience is happening. Perhaps the consequences of what is happening are so serious and significant. And then I amplify their impact and and I think about it again. And I think about it again. And and what happened and and if it goes around and um, again at night and it goes on. It seems to be worse at night sometimes. It might just be me. I don't know. Secondly, on the other hand, I think this sometimes comes about, often comes about, when I underestimate the resources that Jesus has given me in the gospel. I do not believe that God is always good, perhaps. Maybe I doubt that he loves me. Maybe I, I don't appreciate how deep his love is for me. The expense of his death for me. Perhaps perhaps I find it hard to understand how Jesus could possibly forgive me for what I have done or not done. I am uncertain perhaps as to the depths of his power, his authority, his will, his wisdom, his justice, his mercy, his grace, his holiness. And so because of these things, I worry, I think. Sometimes I do both at the same time. 
Jesus said, and boy was he right, troubles and tribulations and anxieties and crises will always be with us. Hear me, I, I know that. I know that well. That they are hard and serious. I do not want to underestimate them. Please, and this, I find this hard. I don't want to sound trite when I say this, and I know I could. I, I know that. But when I think that, that all that stuff is bigger than the resources that I have in God, I have no peace. This is what God says. Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I want to suggest to you that that peace, this peace that, that, that Jesus has given us is is independent of circumstances. So yes, we are obviously affected by these troubles. But we can still have the peace. Not, not a peace because we don't care. Not some kind of like Zen thing where we're like, oh, well, I'm at peace because I don't care about what's going on. But, but peace that we have been given as a gift by Jesus. Whether it's national troubles with the injustices and, and betrayals whether it's pain whether it's it's death we can have this peace because Jesus had this peace this was his that was his experience troubles injustice betrayals pain death torture it's going to be tomorrow it's going to be tomorrow from that passage and he says I don't want you to worry I don't want you to be anxious. We try to totally rely on our own resources and just end up in a heap of worry and anxiety. I have unmet desires, anxieties about the future, pain about the past, regrets. I run about too busy. I try to please everyone and just worry, worry, worry. And Jesus says, do not let that happen. You don't need to let that happen. I've given you the resources. The Holy Spirit has come and brought you the peace that I've earned. So, can I suggest to you, to me, a New, Year res New Year's resolution for 2022? As we face all kinds of circumstances, as the world faces a COVID pandemic and climate change, as the UK faces staff shortages, supply chain problems, intolerance, as churches attempted to water down the Bible and face uh, potential government restrictions under the heading of conversion therapy. As individuals, we face challenges about finances, relationships, mental health, jobs. Let our resolution be, let not our hearts be troubled and let us not be afraid.
Let us try to do that using the resources that Jesus has given us. These troubles and circumstances in 2022 will be important and real for us. Perhaps they'll be life-changing. I'm sure they're going to occupy our time as we seek to deal with them or, or live with them. However, however, let us be resolved to remember the resources Jesus has given us. To remember that they are enough to maintain a peaceful heart. Let's pray.